Welcome to A Word of Influence, episode 15. I'm your host, Perry Morton. And today, I have a, a not childhood friend, but a schoolmate. His name is Stephen Clark. How you doing today, bro? What's up, Perry? <laughs> and the rest of the world, how, y'all, how you doing, bro? Pretty good, you know, just chilling. Well, like, we were talking before the podcast, like we were just saying, uh, A Word of Influence is based off, like, video games and how they might influence your life. I like that. Yeah, so, like... Let's say like Mario, mm. you look at it and go like, "Well, that's a lot of fun," and and like kind of makes you want to feel like a fun person because like we don't get to live in that world and like it's kind of escapism. But uh-huh. if that makes sense, like horror, like well, we could be more fun in real life. Yeah, and like and you're a dancer yourself, so can you relate in that way? Like how the way you dance makes you want to have more fun. Oh yeah, man, I totally understand. Like, and it's important to like have that form. The place to um, go, because, you know, life can be, like, super-duper serious and everything. And uh, I heard Tony Robbins talk about how, uh, and I just started doing this, like, he'll, uh, I like to watch um, comedy at night sometimes. Like, I like to watch stand-up, you know, because, like, Mm -hmm. throughout the day, I'm so serious about whatever I'm doing, you know, trying to just, like, provide value to people and just, like, better myself, hustle, you know, create, push myself. And then it's, like, you get so serious, and then it's, like it's nice to, like, do something else. In my case, like, I like watching comedy, you know, to, like, help me wind down and just, like, crack jokes on anything, you know, that went my way, didn't go my way, anything that's, like, embarrassing, just, like, and use an outlet uh, to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a, like, like I guess our escape is another way to perform better, but, like, do you, like, you're a dancer. Do you feel like you're making it your, you wanted to make it your job? You get what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes, I don't. When the you know the term job is kind of confusing to it's become slightly confusing to me because I'm in a situation to where I'm trying to set up um, like um, kind of just like figure out what I'm passionate about and turning that into a stream of income. Um, so it can kind of turn into a job, yeah, um, but. Really, it's like I'm doing it because I absolutely love to do it. You know, I have this uh, saying, like, people ask me, like, you know, there's these things that I want to do, and I don't know what I want to do, and um, what, wh- which way should I go? Like, you know, I have so many things to pick from, and I always ask them, and I got this from a guy, I think his name is Tom or Tim, I don't remember. Um, he says, what's the thing that you'd be okay with failing at a thousand times? And whatever that answer is then go do that. Mm, really? Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, like, you know, hopefully you don't got to fail a thousand times to, like, reach success in whatever you're interested mm-hmm. in. But, like, the worst case scenario, you know what I mean, like, is you might have to fail a thousand times or something before you can, like, get um, your dues. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, and that, that happens, like, like Thomas Edison. It took him 1,092 times. Oh, really? To make the light. Not a thousand times, a thousand ninety-two times to make the light bulb. Yeah. So, sometimes that stuff does happen, but, you know. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Disney movie, Meet the Robinsons. I don't know if you remember watching it. Uh-huh. Just, the, just the idea of, like, failure is good because it lets you move on to be, succeed in what you're doing. Yes. And what that guy was trying to be, he was trying to be an inventor and uh-huh. invent things. And so, for him to see himself as an older man as he went into the future, it was like, okay, I can do this. Because I've seen myself do it. So right. now i got to do it as a kid and see how I actually did it. And, like, it's just the idea of, like, well, maybe it might not work out at first. But, uh-huh. you like, if it's what you love, then 
just to think, when you think about like Michael Jordan or somebody, like, he got cut, and he still comes back to become the greatest of all time. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just interesting to see that it can happen to anybody. And, like, my, my idea is to play video games and to, you know, share my reviews and what I think about it. But, like, it's harder... Not, I wouldn't say harder, but it's just the idea of, like, playing the video game. Mm-hmm. Putting time into it. Like, because, like, I play lengthy games like Persona 5 or, um, what's the one I'm playing right now? The Witcher. Have you ever heard of The Witcher? Mm-mm. Or, like, Final Fantasy or yeah. Zelda. Yeah. Those games. Yeah. So, it's like... I used to play Zelda back in, like, <laughs> Nintendo 64. Yeah, so just the idea of, like, putting the time in to actually play the game and, like, come up with, it with my own opinion throughout and like think of like character development and it, like because you're an actor too you mm-hmm. did act so what was like as soon as you acted what was your hardest role can you remember including college and high school career um there's two one was Jerry I played Jerry in a new story it's a two person play Jerry was difficult. It's a one act and it's a two person play. Jerry was difficult because he was extremely, extremely, extremely complex. Like he was kind of like crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, he would go off on these tan- tangents. He had a five page monologue. Really? Yeah. So that was like scary as hell. Like to learn that. You know, I'm a lot of cussing. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like that was scary. Like super freaking scary to learn. And like Sean never messed up on that. And, um, yeah, just the complexity of that character. There were so many layers to that character, and there were so many hidden um, hidden intentions, you know, that you just really got to dive deep and find out. Because in acting, we learned two things. Uh, excuse me. In acting, we learned a lot of things. But one of the things that we learned was the diff- that, that everybody has a public and a private self, you know, and that we have this self that we put on in public, which is fine. Like, there's no, sh- like, some people say, oh, you're fake in public. Like, I get it. Like, you got to, like, act a little different around certain people to be able to communicate to them but we have our public self and then we have our private self you know and sometimes we'll we'll, we'll sit here and and uh and our, they can be two totally different selves sometimes like some people have been able to pull it off to where they're pretty similar you know what i mean um but a lot of people their public self is something that t- totally different and they you know they we all have like hidden intentions you know we might be having a conversation um, talking about, like, if I'm talking to a girl, you know, that I'm attracted to, you know, I might be talking to her about, you know, the sky and politics, but I really want her to get it to go on a second date with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, yeah. that's the big intention. Like, yeah. so, um, you know, there's other layers to that and everything. But so, Jerry was a complicated one. And then Pierre Gint. I played Pierre Gint in Pierre Gint. And that was a fun play, man. That was an absolutely fun play uh, to do. It was an honor to get that role. And, uh, but it was just a different language for me. Um, it's kind of, it's not like Shakespeare per se, but it's of that nature. It's just not so, um, modern, like the normal type of conversation Mm -hmm. is more poetic and everything. And that's stuff that I struggle with. I struggle with that, like poetic language and like acting that out. I like to consider myself more of like a naturalistic type of actor, you know, not absurd or anything like that. Or, um, like Shakespeare, I can't 
for an actor, I can't stand Shakespeare. Really? Yeah, and for, oh, wow. and for an actor, like, I hate Shakespeare. I respect the dude. I respect anybody who likes the plays. I respect the plays. I respect the performances, but, and they're, they're dope, you know what I'm saying? But I can't stand You, like, you can't, yeah. you personally, like, yeah, yeah no, fuck that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can't as, soon, as soon as you're... Your director comes up to you and says, like, oh, we're doing this by Shakespeare. You're like, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Exactly. But so, like, do you think you have to take on, like, when you're studying, because, like, I'm a playwright. So, uh, yeah. Like, so for me, like, me, it's to create the character. Mm-hmm. And, like, it comes out of my thoughts, my ideas. You as a actor... Do you feel like you have to take on a different persona, per se, like you were just saying? Yeah, definitely. Like, even, like, when you're, uh, like, when you're not in, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you're not, um, let's say, you just said, like, outside of it, like, do you feel like you have to remember that persona in your back head? Yeah, man, your, your character, you know, and everybody has their own little methods and everything, but when it's all said and done, like, you have to take, like, experiences that you've had and use those experiences to influence your character. You know what I'm saying? You have to bring some of your stuff with you into that character. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then some of the other stuff is like made up with your imagination and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they, each character has their own persona. You know, I don't know if I've ever been able to completely dive so much into a character that I'm like, not me. You know what I mean? Some actors are able to do that. I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm not saying I'm not able to do it. I just haven't done it just yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't sit here and say I'm, like, the best actor in the world. Yeah, like, of that. course. You like, know what I mean? Crazy. And I don't know if I'm here to be the best actor in the world. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, it's my dog. Oh, you're fine. You're fine, the dog. <laughs> that means my mom probably came in or something. But, um, yeah, so... Yeah, every character has their own little personality, you know? The, I have a friend. His name is Aaron. Super talented actor. Oh, my gosh. Like, this dude's gonna win an Oscar one day. Like, I swear not even, wouldn't even be shocked. Oscar, Tony, all of them. He's gonna win all of them. He's probably won five in each in each divi- in each uh, competition. Well, the whatever award show, not a competition. But um, this guy, every time I see him act, like there's Aaron, and then every character that he's ever played does not look like Aaron, does not sound like Aaron, and none of his characters have ever, 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 ever looked the same. This dude completely embodies his characters that he plays. And that's the stuff that I strive for. And I have a couple other friends who are able to do that. But Aaron, of the people that I went to school with and that I've seen, like, he is able to really do that. Okay, we're going to keep rolling. So, there's nothing wrong with just people. His mom's here, guys. So, we're halfway in, just chilling. You know, everything good? Oh, yeah, everything's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I just keep going, like... Yeah, it's Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> you just right, keep going. Right, you like got you, to. you're like you got to pee go. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you can't stop. But uh, that's cool because like me, like I said, I never got to act. I don't know why. Like it was just because I had football, uh-huh, so yeah. played football. So I was like, well, maybe I should act. And I'm like, then actually got into into it like sort of my senior year, mm-hmm. like really progressed and seeing like how you guys work behind the scenes and like I I will admit. When you guys did Shakespeare and had to do it like several weeks, that is pretty rough. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> I could I couldn't do it, man. Yeah. Like to be in your shoes, but like, have you have you directed any too? Um, I directed a little bit in like high school. Nothing crazy, man. We would have some directing classes in college, 
Um, and then I've only acted like in uh, one play since I graduated from college in 2015. I just really been focused on like YouTube videos mm-hmm. and dancing. Okay, um, so what got you into that? Your YouTube videos. What? Man, what? Like that's a good what, question. Like, like seriously, like what made you come to that con- question conclusion? Like, I'm gonna start doing it. It was just like There's one day. So many reasons. So many reasons, man. Like I used to do YouTube videos a long time ago, um, under like my personal name of Stephen Clark, and they were all dance videos. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Just like it gave me control. Like I didn't have to get a role to be able to put that together. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, nobody could stop me from putting out one of those videos. You mm-hmm. know, it was just, I had total control over that. And, um, and it was really good. Uh, so, and I was doing the dance videos. And I, back then, you know, the, the YouTube competition wasn't as crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, now there's like a million videos being uploaded a day or something like that on YouTube. It's absolutely intense. But, um, back, so I was getting like a lot of views on my videos. Like, you know, like 20,000, 70,000 200,000 views like so that was like cool to me you know what I'm saying like oh that's like fun and because of that I was able to like leverage that to like dance around the tri-state and everything and like get a lot of jobs through that so I was like making I was making more money than my friends were making and I was just doing it with dance you know (laughs) So, so that was like really cool and everything like that so like I was doing the dance videos and then um I started um there was like a huge like personal shift in my life like um, whenever I went from what I call a negative self to like my more positive self, you know, um, and uh, it was through like YouTube videos. I would listen to like motivational speakers and everything, and uh, I just love that stuff. I would love waking up, listening to motivational speeches all day from like Eric Thomas, Les Brown, um, Tony Robbins, like those guys, and um, go on YouTube and look up how to videos, you know, how to be more creative, how to be more focused, how to be more productive, like those type of videos, like that personal, professional development type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much that I wanted to do that as well. I like to like, I like to motivate people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I found that you could do it and make money while you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even know. Like, I was like, I just want to motivate people. Like, this is fun. Like, this positive movement, you know what I'm saying? Positive energy stuff is fun. Um, and then that was just like super dope. And then I found out like, oh, you can do that and you can like make money off it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, that, that's dope. So I started pursuing like, I don't really, I don't, I don't really consider myself a YouTuber per se so much as I'm using the YouTube platform to raise awareness to like my movement. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just trying to help people. So, um, so yeah. Then I started. Then I shifted more into the doing like how tos, the more like personal, professional development type of videos. Um, so I, I totally scratched that last channel where I had all those dance videos. I deleted it. And I started a new channel under the Earthling Gangsta, which is like my social media persona, I guess. And um, uh, and then all and on that channel, I started doing more professional development, personal development, like high performance. How can you, you know, really just optimize those twenty four hours? You know, uh, position yourself to be like a force in your industry, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I love talking about that stuff, and I love helping people figure that stuff out. You know, I, I consider that stuff like everything I wish I knew in school. Oh, really? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything I wish I knew before I was 21. Oh, really? And so that's the stuff that I like to talk about. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I've just been doing that. And I started dropping more dance videos on that channel now. But, yeah. So, like, pretty much you're, I like what Joe Rogan, like we like to call it, he's like, you part of the total human optimization group. 
Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah man, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole, like, On It Academy, or, like, not even that. We're just yeah. for, like, motivational, like, you had a bad day, but why? Like, Yeah, of. exactly, man. Like, that's the, that's the question, you know, and uh, throughout time, I was, like, like around junior, senior year of college, like, you know, you just kind of, I started finding that, like, experts were saying that 80% of success is psychological. Hmm? Really? 80% of success is psychological. And so... That was, you know, that was a time whenever I started saying fuck grades and I was like, I'm going to learn this psychological shit to success. Because we don't learn, like, you don't learn psychological success when filling out A, B, C, and D on a scan genre, right? No. The, the same five-page paragraph that you've written since, like, fourth freaking grade. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I understand. Like, all that kind of stuff. So, and I'm not trying to, like, shit on school. Like, there's a purpose for it and everything. But... There was just stuff that I wasn't learning that I really wish I was learning at the time that I was really passionate about and that I really thought was going to help me prepare me for whenever I got out to the real world, especially in such a competitive environment. So, um, yeah, that kind of stuff, man, that uh, that motivational. I love motivating people. I love I love being motivated. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I love like developing habits to where strategic. I love strategically developing habits to where I can take action even if I'm not motivated, mm. you know? Yeah, like, this is coming back to my uh, professor at, at Kentucky State. He uh, actually said he went to school to be uh, a doctor, and he said, fuck it, because uh, it wasn't worth it. Like, he wanted to be in the medical field. Like, well, I don't want to be with these people because it made it feel bad. And also he became an accountant. Like, came the top grade accountant that he could in California at the time, he said. Wow. And he said he felt miserable still, like, felt miserable. So he went back to school to pursue his degree in literature and English Mm -hmm. and philosophy. Like, and just the idea of him saying that was like, well, he still made it. And, like, he got to the top of what he was. And he said, like, well, just look at my job now. Like, I get to read books and talk to you guys about it. Right. And he said, like, that's it. And he's like, this is, like, he said, pretty much, this is all it is. Like, I just want to know what's inside your mind mm-hmm. compared to mine. And I'm like, well, more, you know, like, the way this podcast formed more, I start thinking, like, well, this is kind of what Dr. Davis was talking about. Because, like, this is my idea. But, like, let's see what everybody else has to say. And then, like, we'll bounce back and forth. And, like, shout out to Classic, not even Classic, or Todd Tech Arena and everybody else that's, Help me, like, not help me, but allow me to go on their podcast and go, like, well, here's this, like, and help. And, like, it it lets you, it's like a slice of how you can be better with your own stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, there's, yeah, it's, the personal development type of stuff is just something that we've slept on for such a long time. And, I mean, I don't know if, like, I'd say we, like, slept on it, you know, per se. It's just, like, now science is able to, like, explain a lot of that stuff. To where we can be more um, scientific with it, logical, more practical with it, you know. And now that that information is out, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's get it. Let's yeah, try. like I said, like I've always loved video games, but it was just like last year, like out of nowhere, I just said to myself, it's a really great time to be a video gamer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like man. just like it's a really good time to do like just be a nerd or like be a dancer or something. Like it's a really good time. Like it just hit me like oh. out of nowhere. What would you? <laughs> Let's say if someone was wanting to, like, not become a YouTuber, but try to do something else, what advice would you give them? 
it depends. Like, if somebody's trying to be a doctor, I'm not going to give them any advice. Like, <laughs> they should like, die, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, well, something told me that I should <laughs> no, no, like, like your mo- whole motivation of, like, dancing or, like, you just have to do it every day pretty much or not even every day mm-hmm. or. Oh, well, my everyday philosophy, because, like, I'm doing this, like, 365 days of dancing to where I'm dancing every single day for a year. Like, no days off whatsoever. And we're on day, like, 116 today. <laughs> like, I've done 116 days straight, no days off. Um, and I'm focusing in that process. It's less on intensity and more on consistency. So, but I got this uh, method from Michael Phelps. Really? Michael Phelps swam every single day for five years. Literally every single day. There's an interview where he talks about that. And um, so I'm over here thinking, like... If I, you looking for something, bro? Oh, you're another one from my keys. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, man. So, like, Michael Phelps swam every single day for five years, and Michael Phelps said, in the swim world, he's like, if you take one day off in the swim world, that pushes you. It takes you two extra days to get back into your group. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like three days off. If you take one day off, it's three days off. And he said, if I swim for every single day, including Sundays, I'd be 54 days ahead of the competition. And I don't have those other, you know, 100 days of, like, where it took me to get back into my flow. You know what I'm saying? So I'm over here thinking if I can, if I dance every day and and do, you know, whatever I'm passionate about every single day, whatever, you know, whatever I'm trying to grow at and be, you know, an expert at every single day for, you know, a year or five years or, you know, however long, and I accomplish half of what Michael Phelps accomplished in my industry. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Or if, I, you know, in anybody, like if you can do that every day and accomplish half of what, like in gaming, like you game every single day and like you get good at it and you study and you understand like the tactics and you like really work on yourself and like all that kind of stuff and you do that and you accomplish half of what Michael, like Michael Phelps got what, like 10 gold medals or more or something yeah, like that? Like yeah. that's, that's five gold medals. You know what I'm saying? That's still dope. That's better than the average Joe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's like, and it's just a personal test, man. Like I, I can, I like to consider myself kind of like a mad scientist. I like to run experiments, really. You know, on myself, more on myself. Like I don't want to like experiment other people or everything like that. But like, yeah, dude. So I, like, this is just an experiment for me, and it's been working very well. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, I've definitely like grown a lot more in my dancing um, over these past one hundred days than I have like normally. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Um, what made you start it though? Like just how I don't understand like whole three the three sixty five is like one day like we're just gonna do it. You just study but with Michael Phelps. Yeah, for real, man. Like I mean, I'm just in a position to where I'm like it's it's like go time. You know what I mean? Like it's just like a time to like like you never know whenever you're gonna die and all that kind of shit. So um, it's like yeah, like get good at something. Like I'm just compet. I'm partially competitive. You know what I'm saying? And I just like I like to have like a high standard for myself so I can just accomplish a little bit more hopefully you know mm-hmm. and so um yeah i was just like dude like you need to do this every single day so i did that i was like i need to do this every single day but to make sure that i did it every single day because that's the problem there's one thing is saying you need to do it every single day and then getting to the point to where you actually do it every single day so i attached like a huge why to what i'm doing so i do this i, I dance every single day to raise awareness reduce the stigma and inspire those who struggle with mental illness to take action so Mental illness is like a huge problem. It's something that's always been in my family. Um, 
I can't, I'm not gonna sit here and say like I've been like extremely mentally ill. Like I've definitely dealt with like anxiety in my life and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's like not impossible for me to get out of bed. I've never wanted to kill myself or anything. So there's people who struggle with it like a lot more than I do. But I've had like panic attacks. You know, what oh, I'm really? saying? I've been like paralyzed by my anxiety and stuff. So, um, so I wanted to attach a huge why to why I'm doing it. So every day, especially whenever I post videos, you know, I, I always attach that like. This is why we're doing it. So just to raise the awareness on it, you know what I'm saying? To like, just to make, keep, keep implanting it in people's yeah. ears like, or on their eyes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you said, like, and you said you had anxiety, which is kind of interesting because you post stuff all the time. It's like, do you really like how, how can someone that said that they want to do it, but they're afraid of that type of anxiety from social media? Like, cause I'll be, I'll go ahead and be. 1,000 with you. I felt kind of nervous just like the first time podcasting, like the first time. Yeah, dude, but, yeah. Because it's like the first time ever. Yeah, bro, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's definitely, man, like, yeah, well, there's like, there's one thing like having anxiety and there's another thing submitting to your anxiety and just being paralyzed by it. You know what I'm saying? So like, a lot of times like if I'm anxious to do something, I'll go, that's a sign that I should go do it. For mm-hmm. me at least. That, that's really? a new philosophy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm like, oh, I'm scared to do this. Pick up the phone, call. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. or go talk to the girl. You know what I'm saying? That you think is attractive. Like, whatever. You know, something like that. Or go post a video. Like, you're scared to talk about it? Let's talk about it then. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, the anxiety, man. It's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a beast, man. But it's, it's like, and, and understanding why it's there. You know, mm-hmm. that's extremely important. You know, like. Um, and this has like been like like a lot of scientists talked about this. This is big in the personal, you know, high performance community and everything. Um, why your fears are there, you know? Like we have. Um, I was talking to some. Uh, I was teaching a dance class yesterday, and we were talking about the forty percent rule, right? And I got this from the Navy SEALs, so um, I didn't make this up myself. Okay. And the Navy SEALs are badasses. Hey, so hey, you know, what hey, I'm hey, bro, as long as you can cite your sources yeah, exactly, on here, dude, like, because right. it's like journalism to right, me, right, so right, right. you're fine. But uh, they said the forty percent rule is is whenever you it's it's really to keep you like active. So like whenever you get tired, right? Whenever your mind starts saying you're tired, Perry, stop. Yeah. You know, slow down. Like stop the workout. You're tired. You feel like you're gonna pass out. You've actually only used up about forty percent of your energy, so you have sixty percent left, right? And um, two things happen. Well, and the reason why that happens is it's a survival mechanism. It's a subconscious survival mechanism. Your brain is trying to keep you from dying because a thousand years ago, if you were out working right out in the field, or maybe you were in the woods working really, really hard, right, and you used up all your energy. And you were 10 or 20 miles away from your house or something like that. You were about to die. You, you know, your chances of dying, like, you can't pass out in the woods. You're dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, like, uh, overwork yourself and, like, not be able to, like, do anything because then you're dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. was no, there's no 911. There's no Social Security. There's no, like, food stamps. There's nothing, none of that. You know what I'm saying? The, the population wasn't nearly as big either. So to keep you from working yourself to where you pass out and die... You know what I'm saying? Or to keep you from dying, your brain has created this defensive mechanism, right? That it says, okay, well, he's like halfway through his energy, so let me go ahead and talk him out of doing that now so he doesn't go off and like pass out and then get eaten by a bear. You know, like that kind of stuff. Um, so, but nowadays, push forward a thousand years, those we don't have those problems. 
you can pass out and you're gonna be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like you can you can be really 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 tired and you're gonna probably be right by your house so you can get back in your car and drive home, or you can call a taxi. Or if you do pass out, there's like a hospital, right? You know that you can just call nine one one at. You know all that kind of stuff. Um, so whenever you're let's say exercising, you and this has to do with anxiety and just how the brain talks you out of stuff. But um, you know you have two options. So you're exercising and your brain starts saying, "Perry, stop." Like, slow down, dude. You feel like you're about to die. You know, you have two options. You can either get in that thought and, like, succumb to that thought and be like, oh, my brain's telling me that, like, oh, I'm really, you know, tired, so I should probably stop. Like, really believing it. Or you can say, no, I'm going to keep going. You know, because I know what my brain's doing now. It's just trying to tell me to, like, you know, slow down because, like, it thinks I'm going to die, but I'm really not, so I'm okay. Right? My body can actually go. Because some people hear that and they think that their body's really about to shut down, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, like weird stuff like that, weird little hacks like that, you know, um, you know, we have this, we have the saying, um, the mind to quit a thousand times before the body can, Mm. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So whenever you're trying to do something, you're going to start a podcast and you're scared, you know, I don't think I can do it. Your mind's saying you can't, but if you start saying some words, you put it down, you plug it in, hit record, start chatting with somebody, stop the record button. Your mind would say, don't post it. They might think that's weird. Just freaking hit the button, upload it to whatever. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> like I, I'll be honest. Like, there was sometimes, like, where, like, that first episode was, like, like where it was, like, a preview. I mm-hmm. told everybody what it was going to be about. Like, it took forever to, for me to get that right. I was like, dang it, this isn't right. Like, yeah. fuck, why am I messing up so much? I know what I want to do. I'm like, the last one, like, let's just roll with it. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I yeah, know exactly yeah. what I want to do. And, like, 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 I was talking to my friends, like, when we look at the past episodes that we did together, like, this shit sounds trash. Now look yeah. at us. Yeah, bro, like, my, my first dance video on YouTube was ugly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, my first time dancing was dumb. Like, you know, like, uh, yeah, dude. Like, and then, like, my first YouTube videos, like, as far as, like, the motivational personal development, like, those are stupid. Now we posted over, like, 200 videos. You know what I mean? And yeah. they got better, you know? And some people might still think they're trash, but they're better, though. Yeah, like, you, know you, what I'm saying? Can't, you can't deny the progress. And, like, yeah. that's... Like, even when I'm playing video games, because, like I said, I'll admit I'm not an expert, and, like, just the idea, like, you die, you can die, and, like, well, life is no Nintendo game, of course, but Mm -hmm. just to die, and, like, go, like, well, I can progress a little further into it and understand what I did wrong this previous time, and then kind of, like, any, like, relationship or anything, like, you might not allow that relationship to happen in real life. But you can learn to move on for the next one, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. man, exactly. It's just becoming uh, Ty Lopez in his uh, his uh, 67 Steps program, He, uh, which is like 67 Steps to like introduce you to how to get the good life. It's a great program. Like He gets a lot of shade like uh, in like the com- YouTube community and like the Facebook community, mm-hmm. but his stuff is actually really dope, and he's doing a lot of stuff that I believe is going to help the world. But, um... His first rule is awareness is key. Awareness is absolutely key. And he tells a story about how um, the founder of Instagram. Mm-hmm. So the founder of Instagram, I don't know his name, but he started off creating an app that would help people organize stuff. Right? And so he was like about to invest a hell of a lot of money in this app, you know, to where people can organize it. I don't even know the name of it. I don't even know what it was going to do. But he started looking around, and he saw that people started, like, people were starting to take pictures of themselves. 
and they were starting to take these things called selfies, and people really just wanted like would love and taking pictures of themselves with their smartphone. So he created an app that people could take selfies on and take those pictures, and now he's the founder of Instagram. Yeah, Mike Krieger. There you go. Yeah, yeah like oh, boy, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like so I just look it up and make sure, make sure it's right. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, but just the idea or that or think of Mark Wahlberg, not Mark Wahlberg. Dang, I can't think of his name. I know his name. Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah. Wahlberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah, but yeah, right. Zuckerberg. Just him. Just like go to, attend to Harvard and said, "Fuck it," and just drop out. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's yeah, like dude. when you hear stories like that, you're like, really. Yeah, bro. Like, I agree, man. I just, you know, and there's like, whenever it's all said and done, there's one thing that I'm absolutely fucking obsessed with. Like, I'll sleep this shit, I eat this shit, I shit this shit. Like, it's like, it's like everything. Like, it's, it, it's, I'm absolutely fascinated with this process of something going from an idea to your reality. Mm-hmm. So, Socrates calls it the realm of ideas, you know, and we can go there. Like, the mind is weird, like, it's woo-woo-y, it's whatever, you know what I'm saying? And all this is kind of woo-woo-y and like weird and metaphysical probably using that word wrong but like all that kind of stuff is that from uh, Plato's Republic I think or uh, it might be okay. uh, I don't know it's Plato or Socrates did I say Plato because I meant Socrates no no um, it, well Plato talks about Socrates in uh, his okay. work so got I'm, you I'm just making yeah, sure yeah, yeah. Well, like, it, it is argued that he, Socrates might not be a real person. I'm just curious that's oh, all dude that might be possible man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know dude <laughs> but um you know, the realm of ideas. So we go into our head and we go to this realm of ideas where we have a lot of ideas. And sometimes some people are able to get, and, you know, we go into that idea and we can, if whenever we're thinking about it, we can kind of feel it. You know what I'm saying? We can experience it. Like, what would it be like if I did this and we made this happen? Like, we can kind of feel it. You know, we can maybe even get some emotions from going so deep into that realm of ideas and focusing on that idea. And some people are able to do that. And then take that idea out of the realm of ideas and bring it into reality to where somebody else can see it, touch it, smell it, experience it as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That whole process, I'm fucking fascinated with. Some people call it manifesting. Some people call it a dream come true. Some people call it turn your dreams into your reality. You know what I'm saying? But there's a process. And it's really weird. And some people are really good at it. You know what I'm saying? Some people aren't. You know what I mean? But that whole entire process right there, that's what I'm freaking fascinated yeah, about. Yeah, like, like I said, we, our ideas are engines, but like, and that's what's cool is like, we share ideas and like, bounce them off like, oh yeah, like, this is where I said, like, have you ever seen, like, you probably have, like, just with, among your friends, like, where they thought of something, you weren't for sure about it, but all of a sudden, like, it just starts to take off a little bit, and all of a sudden it goes like, well, now they're progressing a lot. And then you're like, dang, look how far you made it. Right. Yeah, have you seen that, like, in your friends, like, recently or even during your college career? Definitely, or, like, man, yeah. definitely, dude. I've, like, I've experienced some of that stuff, you know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, I, me personally, like, in this kind of stuff, like, I do feel like I'm new to the game. Like, it was whenever I was, like, 20, was, yeah, it was like, I was, like, 20 turning, like, or maybe I was 21, was whenever I kind of started hopping on this, like, positivity mindset, you know what I'm saying, the realm of ideas, like, an awareness of it, and, you know, what's the mind, what's your conscious, you're like, what's you, you know what I'm saying, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, like, so, and I'm only, I'm 24, about to be 25, so I'm kind of like a newbie in this, like, you know, personal development mm-hmm. journey of, like, high performance, but, um, yeah, I've seen it, man, I have friends who are, like, accomplishing stuff and who are getting better at their stuff every day, I have mentors, 
you know, that are killing the game. Um, and then I've had little experiences myself, you know, uh, like setting that world record uh, with some friends. Like, that was cool. You know, world I mean, record? Yeah, me and some buddies got together. And uh, I wouldn't even plan on doing this. I was just trying to work out with some people. And they're like, hey, man, yeah, we're trying to set a world record, too. Um, it's like alternative world records where it was like, it was like uh, the most dips in three hours by with 10 guys. You know what I'm saying? So, and we got, I forgot how many we got. It was over like 10,000 or 11,000 dips and to collectively. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? So we set that record. And like, that was just cool. Like, I never ever in my life thought I was going to set a world record. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that was just cool to, like, do that. You know what I mean? And then there was, there's, like, uh, I remember my first job in Chicago. Um, it was crazy how this stuff works out, man. Um, I had been, it was whenever I started getting, like, anxiety attacks. It was okay. around that time. And I was oh, driving, and I, you know, I was, I had been going to Chicago every now and then from Evansville. I went to school in Evansville, Indiana which is about six hours or five, six hours away from Chicago. And uh, previously I'd taken a like, couple trips up to Chicago to like train, dance, you know, because in Evansville we don't get those kind of classes. Or even in Owensboro we don't get those kind of classes. You know what I'm saying? So I had a mentor there. And so I went to, I was driving to Chicago. I was like probably an hour out of Evansville. Hour out of Evansville? Because uh, that's where I was going to school at, at the time. And I started getting, like, a lot of anxiety. And I was like, man, maybe I should turn around. I think I should turn around. I should probably turn around. And I was like, no, you're going to go to freaking Chicago. So I get to Chicago, right? Just thought I was going to train. That's what, that's what I thought. Thought we were just going to be training. No big deal. You know, so I get to Chicago, take my mentor's class. And after we took the class, class was fine. Like, it was okay. After the class, my mentor pulled me aside. He said, hey, I'm the executive choreographer for this dance drama that we're doing. It's called... Uh, I won't even say the project because it didn't turn out too well. But okay, <laughs> okay. it had nothing to do with us. It had nothing to do with us. It had a lot to do with the lady that like threw the whole thing on. But um, uh, he said, I'm the executive choreographer for this project. Would you like to choreograph a piece in the project? And I was like, heck yeah, man. Like It was like and it was, it was like 9.30 at night. We're going on 10 o'clock. I was like, heck yeah, dude. Like This is dope. Like Heck yeah, thank you so much. I was like, when do you need... Like, when, when we were trying to do this, it's like, uh, you got to teach your piece tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. <laughs> and, like, it's 10 o'clock at night, right? I drove eight hours, like, six hours to Chicago. <laughs> took a took a hour and a half class from my mentor, who's, like, a beast. And he's like, you know, here, like, you have to put together this dance, this one-and-a-half-minute dance, and by, teach it by 7 o'clock tomorrow. And so I'm over here like, what the heck? Like, wait, is, wait, what? Crazy. You know, like, one, I didn't even think that was going to happen. And two, like, this opportunity just came, you know. But the crazy part about it was, is that that those past two months, I was working, I was practicing creating a, creating a routine in an hour. So for that past, like, month and a half, I've been practicing, like, okay, you have an hour to make up a dance and see how far you can go and see how much of a dance you can get up. And I was getting up to making, like, routines and because up until then it, it used to take me probably two months to make up a a, a, a dance routine for like a video mm-hmm. two months like practicing probably a couple times like probably three four maybe five times a week mm-hmm. and it took me two months to make up a dance routine right and I get to Chicago and I have uh, 10 o'clock I have 
pretty much including like the time that I needed to sleep. You know what I'm saying? I had an hour to make up a dance routine. Oh God. Yeah. So luckily though, I'd been practicing the past two months on how to make up a dance in an hour. And if I wouldn't have done that, then I'd have been fucked. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like so, like, what we were just, like, saying, like, stuff just comes out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, whenever you're able to pull off stuff that you previously weren't able to pull off, that you... I never thought I'd be in a job in Chicago from Evansville. You know what I'm saying? Not mm-hmm. living in Chicago. Yeah. And then you get there taking class, and then you do get this little gig, you know, which is fantastic. I get to work with some dope choreographers, you know? And then it's like, oh, and you have to make it up real fast. And I've never been able to make anything up real fast, so I had to learn how to make something up real fast. And it just so happened to time, right, you know? And so I woke up the next morning, got up, made up the dance, showed it to my mentor, said, perfect, you can teach it to him. And we taught it to him. They liked it. They said, hey, we liked it so much, we'd like for you to come back next week and make up another routine for the show. And I was like, dope. <laughs> you just so did you come back? Or yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah I came like, back to Owens, came back to. Uh, uh, I was my spring break at the time, so I came back to Owensboro, made up the dance that I had a week to make that one up, though. You know, what I yeah, mean? Like, drove back to Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. that dance, and then bam. Okay, so uh, what's it like? How have you yet to be? Man, I don't know, Chicago, dude. I haven't been there enough to really like judge it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't live there. It's not really my city. Um, I don't want to throw shade on Chicago because I'm, I'm sure it's a great city, especially if you live there. Like, for some people, it's, like, great. You know what I mean? Like, it's very rich. I like it. You know what I'm saying? It's not, I don't want to live there, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to live there. Where would you I, like to live, then? Man, I mean, I would like to live. I don't know. <laughs> That's the big problem right now. That's the big problem. Like, I'm in Owensboro right now taking care of family. Like, my mom, she lost a lot of her vision. And then my grandma lost her ability to walk. Like, she had to get, like, a knee replacement. She had a stroke previously, too. Her knees gave out, so, like, she's going through, like, physical therapy, and so I'm helping her with that, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, um, and then my aunt, who's a blessing, and my mom and my grandma are a blessing, too, but, um, who pretty much, like, I was raised by women. Yeah. You know, my dad wasn't around, so my mom raised me, my grandma raised me, my aunts raised me. You know, my uncle and my granddad were involved, too. And um, my aunt was, like, helped me pay for college. You know, all that kind of stuff. And she was always, like, paying for my field trips and all that kind of jazz and, like, all that stuff. So, um, if I left... Because the goal was to be in L.A. by now. Like, that was my personal goal. But, uh, you know, if I left my aunt in the situation to where she had to take care of my mom and my grandma, You know, and she's getting older, too. She's, like, 56, 57. She's struggling to lift my grandma up. I got to lift my grandma up. You know, I'll take her to physical therapy or help her do her physical therapy. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if I left those three women all by themselves right now, I just feel like an ass, especially yeah. after everything that they've done for me. You know? Yeah. So that's a long spiel. But, uh, so that's why I'm still in Owensboro. So ideally, I would like to be in L.A. for a little while Mainly just to train dancing. Like, I just want to go take those classes, be in that environment, be in an environment where you have access to a thousand dancers, you know, per se, or hypothetically, you know, all that kind of stuff, and just be around all those really dedicated, advanced, like, artists and all that kind of stuff. I would love to do that for a little while. I don't know how long I'd want to live out there. I like the, I like the heat, so that's, that's, that's a plus, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the same time, and this is what I got in Chicago, so what I learned in Chicago is the funniest story. Um, I mean, it might not be the funniest story, depending on who you are. But like, uh, I was in Chicago for a while. My mentor was t- took me downtown to show me around, and uh, we went walking around. I had a blast. Super awesome. Like crazy. I looked like a little country boy out there, which I don't even really dress country to tell you anything. But um, 
uh, <laughs> we got on the bus, right? And the bus was, we sat down and there were no seats left on the bus. Like the bus was super packed. And um, oh, <laughs> the bus is packed. And then like a lady gets on the bus, right? She's probably like 50 maybe, maybe late 40s or something like that. And she gets on the bus and there's no seats. And I look around, I'm like, oh, there's like no seats. So I stand up and I'm like, hey, I say to the lady, hey, you can have my seat. And then everybody on the bus starts staring at me. And then she starts staring at me. And they're looking at me like I'm fucking weird. <laughs> like I'm so fucking weird. And I'm like, uh. And then my mentor says, he's from Kentucky. It's that southern hospitality. <laughs> and everybody just starts like laughing. Yeah. And I'm over here like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like how is that weird to offer? Like, oh, yeah. like you know, that, that's ingrained in us. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like that kind of that kind of stuff. So, um, so for me, like I like that southern hospitality. Yeah. Too. So I've been flirting with Atlanta. I need to I need to take a couple visit Atlanta a couple more times to like figure out if that's a place that I'd really mm-hmm. like. Um, I have more friends out in LA. I have a lot of friends in New York, but New York's just like, especially if we're talking about the big artistic like cities, you know, mm-hmm. um, overpopulated. But but um, New York's too cold for me too. I don't too like, cold. Yeah, I, don't like, like I, I know a lot of people that, like prefer to dress up more. Nah, man, no shot. Dude. <laughs> no shot. No shot. I like the warmth, man. I, I, I'd walk around naked everywhere. <laughs> you know I think it's everybody. Yeah, for real. Dude, for real well, man. you said you were just in Nashville yesterday. How did that go? Uh, I was in White House. It was about an hour. It was thirty minutes outside of Nashville mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Um, dude, that was good, man. That was a good time. Um, there was a color guard team that they have like a camp over the summer, and sometimes like color guard uh, squads will um, hire dance teachers to come in and just like help them with movement, you know, and just help them, help them with that dance portion. So, a friend of mine, Lauren, uh, you know Lauren Hart. Yeah. Yeah, you remember? Yeah, yeah. 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 Were you on the same class or no? No, no, no. No, yeah, yeah. Well, she, she's she been working at the camp, but she, she and I, like, run into each other every now and then. She was like, hey, would you like to come teach, you know, a couple little classes at this little camp? And, uh, yeah, went down there to talk. Great group of kids. Like, they were super awesome, like, super respectful, soaking in the information. Um, yeah, so I had an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. So what's the age range that you, like, well, no, let's start with this. How long have you been choreographing? Uh, I mean, I've been, dude, the room that we're sitting in right now is the first room that I started dancing in. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> this wasn't, all this stuff wasn't here, but, uh, man, it was like, I started dancing in the eighth grade. Okay, that's... I don't know what year that was. I graduated from high school in 2011, so, whatever math is, that is. Um, yeah, man, watching you got served, uh. I don't know if you ever saw. Yo, that yeah, movie. yeah, I love yeah, that movie. Yeah, what? Dude. I used to watch that movie all the time, and I was like, man, I want to do those moves and everything. And so I uh, just started dancing, man, dancing around. I wasn't like taking it like super, super seriously or anything like that. But because of the age, of, had, what, the age yeah. of what we're at, we just want to have fun a lot. Yeah, more. exactly. And so we they had this uh, cats talent show. Right, the cats test. That stupid. Oh yeah, test. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that stupid that test. test. <laughs> um, the cats test like some talent show or whatever and so I decided to dance for the talent show and uh backtrack 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 the Owensboro High the the high school that I went to um they the step team had like a step team camp that the middle schoolers could, and I was in middle school at the time middle schoolers could come and take class 
with the step team. And this was whenever, like, Stomp the Yard was coming out. I think this was whenever, like, yeah, yeah. Stomp the Yard was coming out, too. And um, so I'd always like to dance around a little bit, but I wasn't, I never, like, thought anything of it. And then I went to that step team camp. And uh, at the end of the performance, they would teach this performance and this this routine and this step. And at the end of it, we had option, like, a couple of us got to go out there and freestyle, you know, just dance off the top of our head. And um, I was like, yeah, I like to freestyle. So anyway, we performed this routine at the basketball game. I forgot who the high school was playing or whatever, um, but we performed it at halftime. And whenever the freestyle section came out, I went out into the center and started freestyling, and every everybody went crazy. It was an applause that at the time I'd never had before. You know what I'm saying? And then I was doing like the wavy stuff and all that kind of jazz, and like everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" And like after that, like I was known as like the short kid with curly hair who could dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people were just like, were, were like, were you the guy who danced at the uh, at the uh, the, the step thing? team? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And just like a bunch of people were asking me, and like people started coming up to me and just talking to me. So like at that time, like like I'd been playing soccer and I wasn't good at soccer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like there were things soccer, yeah. like I hadn't found like my little place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And once I danced and like people were talking to me, like that was like I was the dancer. You know what I'm saying? And that was like cool to me. Like I really liked that. So I like kind of grabbed onto it, and I did like other talent shows. And stuff like that, and then it just like took, you know, I was on and off with it. Like I did theater, like back and forth, and yeah, and then it just became that. Yeah, like I remember, like I can relate because like I played football, and uh, people were like, like after I graduated high school, I was like, yeah, I'm done with that. Uh-huh. That was my high school career. I played four years, had yeah. fun, but I wanted to experience something else. Friends back here that I just met, like get to know, he's like. They got pissed off. He's like, you never told me you played football. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like it's part of my life. If you, if you were to ask me if I like sports, I said I would say, yeah, I played football in high school. But if you never asked me that question, I'm not just going to bring it up to you. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. Like, and just the idea of, like, you said, like, dancing. Like, what age range do you usually go for like when you're choreographing like drive back and forth man my, I've, I've taught like young students like you know probably six or something but my age group that i really like to work with is like 11 and up maybe maybe nine depending you know what i'm saying sometimes like um 10 and up you know like mm-hmm. that age range. is it more of a challenge uh, like- yeah dude i'm just not really good with like the little ones like i'm not like <laughs> bad like i don't want to like, like i don't like beat them or anything like that you know what i mean but i'm just <laughs> It's just not something that I, I just don't enjoy. Whenever some people are like, oh, I love the little babies. I love, like, the little toddlers. I love doing that. Like, I'm like, great, you do that then. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause I, like, put together some big stuff. Or, you know. I mean, whoa. I don't know. Anyways, no, no one's more important than this podcast. Like, people call me during podcasts. I'm like, leave me alone. Yeah, I'm podcasting. Like, there's no point in that. But is there any question you have for me? Man, I want to know what, like, so where are you trying to take this podcast? Where am I trying to take this podcast? Well, <laughs> that's a good question because, like, I've said that I wouldn't mind to work, like, this being an outlet for me to go work for IGN. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know what that is. I just, it sounds so familiar. Man. IGN is, like, one, or GameSpot, or they're, like, or Game Informer. You've probably seen it, mm-hmm. like, in those magazines. So, like, I wouldn't mind to, like, you know, try to go work for them. Like, if they were to say, hey, we've seen your podcast. Will you come on and, like, talk about games? Review games for yeah. us. Or, like, give, it, give us your rank or how you feel about it. I thought about that, but now it's, like, 
I think I want to go a little deeper than what they do because, like, I'm looking at it from, like, a literature standpoint, too. Okay. Like, how this character is deep. Like, how kind of like school setting, like I was saying earlier with Dr. Davis, but, like, my opinion, your opinion, how can we make this deeper as well? Because, like, a character that I named, because, like, it was, like, to create your own character. Mm -hmm. Like, your name. It used to be, it used to be me. Like, I would always put Perry Martin or P. Diddy, as you remember, growing (laughs) up, growing up. Uh, But, no, no, not add to you, P. Diddy, at all. But, um... I named this one Percy Jackson, like the, you know. Uh-huh. Arthur, right? Not the author, but the. Who's? Rick Ryden wrote the Percy Jackson series. Oh, okay, 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 yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 the Percy Jackson series. So, because, like, I like Percy's idea of, like, he, like, because if you look at the history of Perseus, he's actually the son of Zeus. But for Rick Ryden, who made the books, like, the first, the first set and the second set, Mm-hmm. He made it him the son of Poseidon. Yeah. And like but the thing is though, it was his own take within the world of myth and mythological creatures. Greek Greek and god Greek god. So it's like everybody's included. Like Hercules and Aphrodite and Zeus, they're all included. All those past stories are included. Uh-huh. However, instead of just using one of them, I'm gonna make my own and just put them into that world. So I've always been fascinated with the idea because, like, the cliche thing to say is what Harry Potter, like nowadays, and I love Harry Potter, no doubt. But like, everyone's like, it used to be like, but this podcast would be like, I have your topics, and like, and I still have them just in case anybody needs them. Like, but I felt like with you, you don't need them whatsoever. You don't need <laughs> topics. You can just talk. Yeah, yeah. But it was like one of them was like, "What's your favorite book?" And like, some people will always say Harry Potter, or Lord of the Rings, or Chronicles of Narnia. And I'm just trying to trinkle it down, like, well, let's. There's got to be something else. And shout out to my boy Alex Sutton. He said, I don't know if you ever heard this. What's up, Alex? <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Not off the top of my head. I'm <laughs> you probably do. Yeah, I, I, need, I need faces sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he said he said the will of time, and I've never heard. He actually introduced me to the series before we did the first podcast. And he said the will of time. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And it was like. Just a will, like pretty much his guide came down and cast the will, and he went away. And like it was just a big high fantasy. If you know Game of Thrones, kind of, uh, I I know of it, man. I, you like so Lord of the Rings, dude. Yeah, Lord so of the Rings. Hey, look, if you look over there, I got the extended edition. Oh wow! Like, yeah. So picture that with more, <laughs> like. Pretty for much. Game of Thrones? No, for uh, A Wheel of Time. Oh, okay. That okay. French, that series. So just like picture that with more, like a lot more. Wow. Like there's like 14 books total. I'm on the second one still, so it's like, oh, God, I got to power through it. But the <laughs> idea of it, like if we're talking, if we're going to go video game route, there's so many different video games out right now that I haven't played that you might have. Uh-huh. Tell me your insight on it. Tell me why it's a good game, how it's influenced you, and what the outcome is going to be this. I literally make a list. Well, I haven't actually wrote it down, but like I remember the games that would, everyone played. And I'm, I'm going to make a list and go back and play every single game that they said influenced them. That way, when we come back onto the podcast, 
we can talk about that and dive deeper within the character development. Hey, that's cool. If that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah man, because a lot of people can relate to video games. Like, I don't play video games nearly as much as I used to anymore. Like, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I don't really ever play games. Like, it's been a long time since I played a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I may have, like, played one, like, here and there, like, the past couple years. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, man, you can, like, like, but I used to play games a lot. Yeah. Like, I used to play a lot of games, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. I kind of stopped. But, um, but uh, yeah, man, you, you can relate with a lot of people over games. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You can build a lot of relationships over games. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, dude. I mean, just, uh, like, just, it's having fun. Because, like, at the end of the day, I said, well, I'm having fun regardless. That's what I'm yeah. enjoying. I'm going to come play some games. <laughs> yeah, like, like, seriously, like, yeah. like, in the studio, like, yeah. definitely going to have to get one. Because, like... <laughs> Like I said, like I would like I would love to take the ideas of like IGN or somebody like, look, I understand we talk about games and we don't want to spoil anything for people that are still playing it or mm-hmm. haven't played it. However, we can talk about character development and how mm-hmm. we enjoy the character because more of the things you guys talk about the tactics and like the gameplay and like we can do all that, but let's talk about the actual character. Like, yeah, let's yeah, talk funny. about. I remember playing uh, Modern Warfare. Yeah, we realized how much like I would never want to be in the military. Like, respect to everybody who's in the military. Yeah, but like me, like I noticed every like because I was playing the game. I remember this like I had this like huge epiphany. I was like, because at that time, like the military was, it really wasn't like an option option, but it was like, no, well, you could like happen. You never know. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't. I was young. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and uh, in the game, I was playing. And I was like, in this game, like, I've been shot, like, multiple times. Mm-hmm. In the real world, every time I would have been shot, I've been fucking dead. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like, I thought, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, like, I've been shot, like, 20 times in this game. I've been dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I know some people in the army that, like, well, I guess the older, like, veterans, like, mm-hmm. they sing people play it, and they were like, yeah, I can't watch you play this game whatsoever. Uh, bet, like man. like just like a PSD a PSD I can't PTSD say. yeah PTSD man. like it kind of sets it off a little bit and you're like oh okay let's let's not play it in front of you then yeah no that would make a lot of sense man like actually especially since the Fourth of July is coming up yeah like I'm can you imagine thinking, about like, yeah <laughs> I'm thinking like we do this to like like we're we're setting up these fireworks like as a thank you to our veterans but like. Don't you think those, like, fireworks, like, trigger some PTSD? Like, in yeah. some of them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like that sounds like bombs and gunshots, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I think it's, like, the last thing that they want to hear, you know? Uh-huh. You said, like, I'll go ahead and, like, talk about, like, there's a game that's out right now. And, like, shout out to Dave Smith. He's from Chicago, so, like, I love him. Yeah, uh, check him out on Recency Bias Radio and his new YouTube video, video called uh, Is Big Brother Blackballing Black Men. It was really interesting, but... <laughs> It, like he goes on a spill about it, and like he has a really good point, and I've never seen Survivor or Big Brother, uh-huh. so that was a great spill. I don't care what anybody says; that man's helped me out a lot. But we were talking on the Aroy project because that's like the first time I did like four podcasts, like in a like in a week, mm-hmm. like every day, like I did a podcast. That was probably what you're saying, like the mentality thing. Mm-hmm. It start kicking in like. The third one, I was like, "Do I really want to keep doing this?" And like, like then all of a sudden, like the fourth one, it was like, "Okay, I'm tired, but I can do this." I like, Mm -hmm. I know it, and like, I even like went on a spill at the end. Like I said, I felt tired, 
but I enjoy doing it. Right. <laughs> like yeah. said, like you like that's what you're talking like how you talk about. But what he said about there's a video game that's out released this year. It was called Horizon Zero Dawn. It has a cute redhead as your main protagonist. I love redheads. <laughs> I w- I'll marry one someday. That's just oh, me. Hey, you redhead lady, hit up here. He's a good guy. I can testify. Well, anyway, take you to a nice dinner. Oh, I yeah. love. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> I go to Red Lobster with the cheddar biscuits and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, but he made a good point. He was like, "I'm okay for equality." I'm like, because this is a gaming podcast, of course. He said, "I'm all for equality," but why didn't they make this woman black? Like, where's like? And I was like, "Hmm, that's a good question." Yeah. And like he said this, and like more of my white friends, because I asked them too. I said, "Well." I'm glad that the new Assassin's Creed that's coming out this year, set in Egypt, if they if this character wasn't black, I don't know if the black community would play it. Because, yeah. like, you're in Egypt and you're black. And they said, what's that got to do with it? And I said, like, well, let's be realistic. How many of your video games have you played with a black character? And, like, they just stopped and they like said, Grand like... Grand Theft Auto, like, San Andreas <laughs> or something? And, like, that's, like, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's the last character you can think of. And, but that's the thing, though. They were just like... They stopped and paused. I'm like, that's actually a good question. Like, I'm actually thinking about this right now. It, it makes you think. And, like, we're not trying to raise awareness, but it's just, like, a question. Like, mm-hmm. and, yeah, like and, like, we said, like, it's there. And, like, that's what we're trying to get to. Like, like we see it, but we're still going to play the game regardless because we yeah. enjoy it. We enjoy video games, so that's not going to play a factor. We're just curious why. It's not there. <laughs> I've always wanted to like make a movie. Um, I don't know if I like direct it or like star in it or like produce it or something. Um, a movie with um, and the Black Panther kind of almost beat me to it, but uh, <laughs> but um, like set in Egypt, like ancient Egypt, and the, all the characters are black. Well, like you know what I'm saying. Well, like, like we were just talking about that. Like right. yeah, like Will Smith, Denzel Washington, like Idris, uh, whatever. Elba. Yeah. and like. You know, as yeah. a, like as in the anime con, uh, committee as well, like even white friends that were just like it's not whitewashed. The new Ghost and Shell movie, I don't know if you heard of it. Uh-uh. It's like they have Ghost and Shell, but like who is it? Scarlett Johansson's the star. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and like there was a big yeah, spill yeah. over that, uh-huh. and like they said, well, it's not that. So my follow up question is, how do you feel about Idris Elba possibly being the next James Bond? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like. But that's the thing, because it's like a tradition thing. And I know someone asked him, like, shout, shout out to stuff over, and he said, oh, hell no. I don't care. Let him. He, yeah, he definitely deserves to oh, be yeah, it. <laughs> like, seriously. Did you like, see that Black Panther trailer? Uh, no spoilers. Dude, oh, you <laughs> didn't just, see it? No bro, trailers. epic, man. <laughs> trailers. So epic, dude. I got, like, chills watching it, man. Like, I was like... <laughs> Oh my gosh! I mean, so now I know. Like every girl's like flipping out over Wonder Woman. Like as a black dude, like I'm over here. <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, I I've said it like from the get go, bro. If that Wonder Woman movie wasn't good, I wasn't gonna go see Justice League. Hey. It's that. But it, it was good. Apparently, everybody it, was it was amazing. You saw Wonder Woman? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I've heard. It like it's just one of those like I've had enough of DC's bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me actually enjoy something and like for yeah. me to like go in there and say like that was probably the best movie and I said it even shit on Dark Knight mm-hmm. and like people's like well Dark Knight was such a good movie I'm like uh Heath Ledger was good 
but I don't, can't say if the movie itself was good. And like how we talked about how deep impersonation a person got. How deep do you think Heath Ledger got into the Joker? I don't know if you saw it. Man, I did. See, yeah, I saw that movie. I think I have it somewhere. Um, yeah, I'm sure he got super deep, man. Like, I would love to know his process. I mean, because that that's some weird shit. Yeah, I mean, there's like skeptics, like, or, you know, conspiracies that, you know, like the Joker, like, drove him mad. You know what I'm saying? Really? I don't know. Yeah, that's like the, that's the because he killed himself shortly after. Did he actually kill himself or was it overdose or? Well, that's that's the thing. Like it was like something. So it's like, why did he like do that? I don't know if he purposely did it or if it was like, you know, accidental overdose. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, with that kind of stuff, you just don't know. So that that's the 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 some people are like, oh, what well, did the Joker like playing that crazy mm-hmm. character like drive him like mad? Oh you know well, I mean? I'll tell you one character. I don't know. I don't care how she's done since then. Two characters in real life that have made me experience like make me love acting so much. One of them was Emma Roberts, and I don't know if you ever seen it. Scream Four. Scream Four. Yeah, Scream Four. No, I haven't seen. But anyways, like she's like just like, she's just like a normal teenager enjoying Mm -hmm. it. But at the end, spoilers. (laughs) But at the end, at the end, uh, you turned out like she's the killer. Mm, perfect. But, like, you can see, like, her being obsessed mindset of being a mm-hmm. killer, and it just made me go, like, I don't care if anybody hates this movie or not. This is the best acting I've seen in forever. Wow, <laughs> like, I have to check that one out. Like, just, like, it's just, like, it just made me go, like, oh, my God, like, I don't know. Just something about her acting was amazing. Yeah. And then another one, actually her fiancé, which is kind of weird. I found out later. Evan Peters. I don't know if you ever seen American Horror Story. Uh, I've seen a little bit of it, but like, just it's just like you though, just how like you progress into everything. But uh-huh. for him to be on that show, yeah, uh, that show just like do season by season, and for him to get a shot to do the an X Men part, which he did. I don't know if you ever seen X Men uh, Days of Future Past or yeah, I've seen all those. Who do you play? Quicksilver. Dope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh so, yeah, 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 yeah. He was yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So see, for an actor, I, I'm shit at knowing actor actor names. Yeah. Like, I'm bad. Like I'm so bad. Like, <laughs> so bad at knowing their names. Like, yeah. I really care more about the character than like. Yeah. Much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, like I mean, there's like the super huge celebrities and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I'm really bad at names. Yeah, but like uh, he was saying that, like not saying, but like just to see him progress like that. And for him to go back into American Horror Story and see mm-hmm. him act again, I'm like, he's really progressed a lot in yeah, this man. shit. Like, it's just really, really interesting that he progressed. Like, and you like seeing that in everybody, of course, and it's awesome. But honestly, I talked about podcasting when I used to work. Well, because I don't work anymore. I used to work at Fazoli's, uh-huh. like fresh out of high, not high school, fresh out of college. Uh-huh. Didn't know what to do. Right. And, like, I was only making, like, seven twenty five. I was, like, getting to the point, like, where I didn't have a car like I do now. It was, like, I would catch the bus. I would have, like, a negative mindset. I'm, like, man, I should graduate. Like, why am I doing this? Right. I had the opportunity to go back and get my master's, too. First year would have been free for my alma mater. I turned that down because I had another job offering. Got laid off. Oh, damn. So... What happened was I kind of missed out in that whole circle. Like, that, like I would have went to school that August, got let go from that job in December. Mm. So, it was like, damn. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I started just, like, my mom was like, well, you need to start catching the bus. Uh-huh. Just to get, get to work. That didn't bother me whatsoever, because, like, my whole idea was to live in New York. So I was like, well, hell. Right, and So right. I, yeah. I, said, I said, well, hell, like, if I'm going to live in New York, I'm pretty sure I'll be catching the subway or the bus mm-hmm. all the time. So that didn't bother me whatsoever. But it was just, like, I never saw my nights or my days, like, because I would work, like, from, like, 7 o'clock in the morning all the way to 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Like, just making money. Just try to make money. Uh-huh. And, like, I'd be in the back listening to music or listening to podcasts. Like, that's how, like, my friend Jacob Tucker, you know Jacob. Uh-huh. Uh, he got me into the Joe Rogan experience. Just, like, showed me to it, like, what it's like. Or, like, Rooster Teeth. I'm like, okay, that's funny. Like, so, and he had the idea, like, he wanted to do one. I was like, well, how do you do it? And he's like, well, you got to do this and this and this. I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe you should do it. He's like, well, I don't have the money for it. I said, okay, cool. The following year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I said, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. And then it just came out that, like, it just, I got the opportunity to do what no longer exists, the Clash of Critics. Showed, they showed me how to do it. Or, like, I, like, interviewed back and forth. And it's like, man, we haven't been looking at the time. Like, shoot, we normally just keep it at, like, 20 minutes or so, but, like, it's two hours. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So no, you're good. We're, we all have our own talents. And we still talk. But for that to be an outlet, because, like, we always come back to talk about different stuff, like sports or politics uh-huh. or anything was coming back. But for me to go branch out of that into what, what I wanted to do and come back and talk to my friends, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you always have, like, C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien had this uh, meeting spot. I think it was called The Inklings. I can't remember it. But they absolutely met up every year. I mean, like, at once a week at a tavern and talk about their stories. And that's when actually uh, where the Lord of the Rings was created. Whoa. And that's where the Chronicles of Narnia were created. Whoa. Like, just those ideas, like, they would just meet up, like, every week. Dang. I mean, like, you hear about stories like that, or you hear about, like, in the 80, like 1800s or 19, early 1900s. And, but, like, George Gordon, Lord Byron, I don't know if you know who that is. You probably do. Lord Byron sounds familiar. Lord Byron does sound familiar to everybody. Crazy. That's what my, uh, shout out to you, Dr. Davis. He was a nut for him. Like, he went to go see his grave and everything, like, oh, on that level. Dang. He had, like, a picture of him in his office oh, and everything. Wow. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a little too much, bro. But, like, you love him. That's fine. But, like, him, Keats, uh, Woodsworth, I think. I can't think of it. But, uh, William Blake. What was the name? Mary Shelley? I know you know who Mary Shelley is. Mm, Frankenstein. Yes. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. And Percy Shelley. I think that's the six. Yeah. The big six is what they used to call them. And what they did was they got together and told ghost stories. Mm -hmm. Told ghost stories together and like were got high on opium or opium or something. I can't actually say it. Can't remember. No, I think you're. Opium or opium? One of those. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the two, but, like, they got together, Uh and what happened was they created ghost stories, and that's where Lord Byron's Manfred came from, and that's where Mary Shelley's Frankenstein came from, really. So it's just, like, you know, those ideas of, like, what is it? Like, I think it was, like, 
uh, it was a Family Guy quote. I know I'm quoting Family Guy. He said, "Put monkeys together in a room and they they'll make Shakespeare." What yeah. is it? What is it about ideas that do that? Well, you know, we're social beings. Mm-hmm. Like humans are social beings, and and so whenever I hear people say like, "Oh, I'm just going to do this myself," like like there hasn't been one empire that's been built off. Yeah, in, Rome wasn't built in one yeah. day. So. Well, yeah, it wasn't built in one day, and it wasn't built by one person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, like so there's just like a power. Like whenever humans just like, you know, they say like bigger cities are like more innovative because they have more people, and there's like a just a power whenever people are together and they like bounce ideas off each other you know that energy that feedback um that great things are like able to be made you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um you know and like you like like whenever i like my friends like if they're killing it like it makes me want to kill it you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like it makes me want to amp it up you know, like me and my buddy Zach, like we both train. You know, Zach Duvall. Yeah. Like we both train jujitsu. He trains it more than I do now. But it's like, you know, a long time ago, like we were friends. You know, since elementary school, and like we'd hang out, play soccer, and but like we'd wrestle and stuff. And like Zach used to beat me up, you know, all the time. Oh. And really? then and then, uh, and then I started training jujitsu, and uh, MMA. And then he was like, he came into the gym, and I beat him up all the time for like a long time. Just beat him up, beat him up. And then, like, he started training more, and then he could beat me up. And then, like, I started training more, and then I could beat him up. And now he's, like, training all the time, like, hardcore, and I don't train as much, so he could probably beat me up now. You know what I'm saying? But, like, we were just talking about this yesterday. It's, like, we just, like, you got to have those people who, like, push you to get better. You know what I mean? And, like, if you're, like, if you're just pushing yourself, like, you know, you don't have a standard to set. You know, you don't have, like, anybody to feed off of. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know like like the science behind it. This book called The Brain Story of You. It's right, right over there in that bookshelf, and they talk about you know just how social human beings really are. And you know they they did this. There was this uh, couple that got locked up. I want to say they got locked up in like North Korea or something. They're like an American couple, and they were like visiting like North Korea. I don't. I think it was North Korea. I don't know exactly where it was, and um, they did something like illegal. And the uh, cops locked them up in North Korea. And they locked them up in, like, an isolation cell, completely pitch black, right? And what happened was, and this is how, this is how social we are, they were isolated for, like, like, 30 days or more or something like that. And after a certain amount of time, their brain started making up people. Like, they started seeing people. Really? And they started hearing people. And they started talking to people. You know what I'm saying? And they were, like, seeing the details. Like, like, like how you and I are looking at each other right now, that's kind of what their brain, like, presented in front of their eyes. That's how, like, so the thing is, is, like, we're so social that if you're not around people, your brain will make up people for you. You know so what I'm saying? The, you think that's where schizophrenia comes from? Uh, no, dude, no, I'm sure schizophrenia it's, comes from something, something totally different. Yeah, but it's, like, the idea, though, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's so many theories on that, too. That's a whole nother piece <laughs> within itself, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's out of my area of expertise. Yeah, that's out of my too. Know, but, I'm like, but, like, I think what's funny is that we're so, like, when people, not, not too bad, they don't like talking pe- to people, but they have mm-hmm. their group of friends. But, like, when they open up to, like, more people, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. It's, like, yeah. really great. But, like, what we're, I guess we both are doing it right now. Just, like, podcasting or dancing or acting or just chilling or jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, I, I made a deal with someone to play a game. 
Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mallory, uh, who actually allowed me, like, I still have her mic. She, like, she actually allowed me to use her first mic. Hey, dope. So, I still have it in the car, so I'm just like, well, I'll give it back. She's like, no, I'll keep it. Just keep, just use it. Just keep using it. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank hey, you. <laughs> like, you're like, you said you might have multiple people on. Just go ahead and use it. But, like, she goes, like, well, The Witcher, like I was talking to you about, like, how I'll dive deeper. Like, that game is amazing just because there's a book behind it too there's uh-huh. seven books behind it and I'm like I've finished the third one today like wow. at work I finished it like listen to it I was like this shit's awesome so I get to go play what I just listened to hey, so, that's dope. so it was, yeah. it's really cool And but like we want her to play it like it's a really really good game like there's no it like it's the game of this generation like Playstation 4 Xbox One like the Nintendo Switch well Nintendo Switch isn't no, another generation itself but, like, people like Dave or, like, Jacob or whoever is playing it, they've all said, like, it's the game of this generation. Like, uh-huh. it is the game of this generation. Like, just everything you do. And she said to me, like, well, isn't it kind of medievalish? It's, I'm like, yeah, kind of, if you want. You can say that if you want. She said, well, I don't think I'll like it because I don't really like medieval stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, she said, like, that kind of, like, stuff like Swords or, like, stuff really defines if I'm going to like the game or not. And, like, when she told me that, I had to, like, think of a process of that. I'm like, wait a minute. You like Zelda, though. Like, I'm thinking that to myself, like, and not saying it out loud. Like, well, you play Zelda. That's kind of medieval-ish if you think about it, just yeah. the way you walk around with a sword and shield. <laughs> so there's no excuse for that. But I told her straight up, like, look, I'll make a deal with you. She's like, what's that? I'm like, if you play The Witcher, I'll play a game of your choice. But the but she's like, okay, what? Why? Why would that happen? I'm like, I'm like, cause look, at the end of the day, I'm telling you, it's a really great game, and I'm not even finished beating the game myself. <laughs> but the thing, what I'm trying to do is, it allows you to uh, play something that you've never played before, mm-hmm. and it allows me to get your insight on why you think this game is good too. Mm-hmm. That way, just think about it. It'd be a killer podcast if you ever come back on the show. Like, we can, like, just talk about it. And she's like, okay, we can do that. But at the end of the day, I thought to myself, also, I'm like, it also gets her out of her comfort zone, too. Right. When it comes to video games or anything. Mm -hmm. Because, like, she came on and, like, she was kind of nervous doing it. And, like, you can tell, like, she was nervous. But, like, I told her, like, you know what? I've just known you for a couple months, like, almost a year. I feel like we've been talking for years. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. <laughs> and like that's cool though. Like, just the idea of getting people out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. to do stuff. Like you say it all the time, just do it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, like another thing of like awareness is like why we're so scared to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's another old biological defensive mechanism uh, that. Because, like, we're really designed, like, to be in, like, groups of, like, 150 people. Really? You know? Because, like, you know, a thousand years ago, like, we did not, the population was nothing like it is today. You know what I'm saying? And all of our villages were about 150 people. You know? They actually say the brain is, like, really only good at, like, memorizing about 150 people's names. And that's it. And so, uh, which makes me not feel as bad for not memorizing so many. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, we live in, like, yeah, 2 yeah, plus exactly. million people, yeah, so right. it's all good. In the yeah, hood. so, um... <laughs> You know, but the thing is, though, is, you know, back in the day, 500 years ago, or even less, if you fucked up in your tribe, you were fucked. 
Yeah, you were. You were exiled. Like, you if, were. if you said the wrong thing to the wrong person, they told the chief and you were dead. You know what I'm saying? And you had, or, or you were exiled and then you had nobody to talk to. You had no other, nowhere else to go. There were a limited amount of people and you had to make those people like you. Or you had to fit in with those people. And if you didn't, then you were going to starve and die. Mm-hmm. So to keep you from fucking pissing all your tribe off, you know what I'm saying? Your bot, your brain, like, that's why we have so much anxiety to say, that. oh, like, I don't know if I should say that to this person because she might like, get offended and then not like mm-hmm. me. When in reality, if you ask the question, like, if she gets offended and doesn't like me, does that really mean anything? Possibly not. You know, you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. But, like, but uh, uh, you know, I mean, depends, but it's probably not nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Because if she doesn't like me, then I have, you know, this whole group of other people that I can go talk yeah. to now. I think that's you know. what the thing was in my, like, I'll admit, like, in high school, it was just the idea, like, because I'll be straight up honest with you, like, when I was a senior, I kind of felt like I didn't want to go to college. I mm-hmm. even, like, here, like, I'm, I can go ahead and tell this, like, I've said it to my family thousands of times, I personally felt like I wasn't going to make it through high school. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just going to drop out. Really? Just, like, out of wow. nowhere. Just, like, out of nowhere. I never did, but, like, I always had that thought for some yeah. odd reason. I did good. Like, I had a lot of good friends. I played football and stuff. Like, it was just yeah, some kind of idea. Mm-hmm. It kind of creeped me out because I think I knew, like, people that dropped out and just, just dropped out. Yeah. And, like, we said, well, we were not let you have that happen. But, yeah, I know, probably. I know that. But, like, it was just the idea of, like, made me think it. But I'm glad I didn't, of course, because I wouldn't have met you or some other right. really cool people. But also... I didn't want to go to college, honestly. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't want to go to college at all. And, like, at first, like, just the idea of moving away or stuff like that. Or, like, I didn't know if I wanted to actually do more college or, like, pursue a degree or be in debt at all. Uh-huh. And I said, like, my I had actually, what happened was, well, we talked about it at, uh, somewhere, is that, like, testing sucks sometimes. Like, just testing doesn't. Testing doesn't prove who you are as a person. So what happened to me is I was part of this group called the AWA program. So what happens is that as soon as you graduate high school, that following the next month or like two or three weeks, you go to Kentucky State. I don't know if they still have the program, but like that you go to Kentucky State, you stay there for most of the summer, and you work to not only get into the, not to get into the school, but also to move away from remedial classes, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So, like, it was interesting that I was even in that category because, like, they even said, like, look, I'm pretty sure something happened the day before you took the ACT. Right. And, like, something always happens to a black family or something, like, yeah. where, like, the ACT happens. Like, mm-hmm. there's something that always happens. We don't blame you. And they saw that in, like, the way everybody was working, like, they would look at all our papers that we wrote, and they said, why are you here? They're like, right, well, like, yeah. you know, like, I have no idea, honestly. So we did that, and what what made me connect, because we can go ahead and say the school, is like, I felt like that was Owensboro High School Part 2 for me. Mm-hmm. Like, where everybody knew me, I could talk to anybody, and not have a problem with anybody whatsoever. Yeah. And, like, that's how I felt at, Owensboro High School is like I talked to everybody didn't have a problem with anybody and like the difference is like I was going to be living with these people for four years four to five years and it was awesome because like just hang out you know just chill talk about different stuff but also hear about their lifestyle growing up like oh you're from you're from Chicago 
that's really how I became such a big Chicago fan of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, Chicago Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, White Sox, yeah. just, like, all, all of it. <laughs> like, the Bears. And, like, but I love Carolina, too. But just the idea of, like, you guys talk about it. Like, it's so cool. Like, I really got to go someday. That's why I asked yeah. you, like, how's Chicago? So, like, you never even been dude, there. I'm never dude, Chicago. you got to go to Chicago, man. It's, it's a great city to go to. <laughs> and depending on who you are, it's a great city to live in, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm really not trying Because there is such a bad rep to Chicago, you know, like yeah. the Chirac stuff. And, Chirac. You know, all my Chicago friends, like, hate that. You know Real, what I mean? They I know they do. That it gets such a bad rep or anything. Because, like, it's really not as bad as, like, you know. So like I do, I do hear like it's only like six hours, man. Yeah, I know. Whip, you got a job, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like eighty dollars gas there and back. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Gotta go. Yeah, but like I got friends that say like just don't pass Fourth Street. (laughs) I think I've heard that too. Yeah, (laughs) just don't go past Fourth Street. But I think uh, what happens is uh, like. If you know people there, you're gonna be fine. I'm like, okay. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. yeah. So. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you should be alright. Yeah, like I said, like I got a lot of good friends there. Like they're pr- finishing up their degrees right now, and mm-hmm. like they're just like awesome. But did you feel like college was a culture shock for you at least, or no? Or do you feel? I mean, I went, you know, I'm from Owensboro, Kentucky. It's like a small town, and I went to school in Evansville, which is 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Evans was a little bit bigger, but it's still like that Midwest side. So, kind of, no. Not really a culture shock. Mm-hmm. Not really a culture shock. Um, no. It no. was like artistically. Like, I remember, you know, like, we, my freshman year, we had, we would audition for the play. So, we'd have to use two monologues and maybe sing a song or something. Oh, and wow. At the beginning of the semester, and they would, put us like we, that's how we would figure out what play we we're gonna be in and um i remember i was i met up with some friends to practice those and i didn't know anybody like i didn't know anybody like i would like at my school at my college i didn't know anybody there ross went my buddy ross you know ross mm-hmm. DeWitt. Mm-hmm. um he's in new york right now right? yeah he's in new york killing it he loves new york loves that cold shit um he, he, he was at UE, but he was abroad at that time. So whenever I got there, I didn't even get to talk to him because he was over in uh, England. And um, we, me and some friends, met up before the audition to practice and like, give each other feedback. And my buddy, Regan Wallace. Shout out to Regan Wallace, man. I love Regan. He's the best, man. He's going to be famous one day. Uh, doing big stuff. Um, he, uh, he and I forgot who else we were with. I forgot who else we were with. But he performed his model. And I was so, sh- like, like I was, like, struck. Like, I was like, holy crap, this dude's so good. You know, and then, like, watching other people start, like, practicing their monologues. And then, like, watching them perform it and watching them audition. I was like, holy crap, these people are so freaking good. Mm-hmm. So good. That was such a huge shock to me. And just being around, like, so many open-minded individuals and, like, all artistic, like, Whenever teachers were cussing in class, like that was weird for me. Yeah, you know like that—that that was weird day yeah. one for us too, man. I was like, huh? Yeah. I was like, I guess they really don't care here. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, that was a big shock for me. Mm-hmm. And I would—I don't know if I'd say it was a culture shock for Kentucky. It was like, well, they said, "Where are you from?" I said, "Owensboro, Kentucky." Like, and all of a sudden, like they said, like they said, "Where's that at?" I'm like, "Oh, great! I gotta remember, like I'm somewhere else." Yeah. Right. So, right. So uh, they were like, "Well, I'm from Chicago." 
oh, cool. So we just start talking. Just like yeah. first day, move in. Like that's where you meet all your people, your friends. Of course, like that move in day or move in out day. Uh-huh. Like one of my, my roommate who was actually a dorm director, he had to come in like a week prior to when everybody else moved in. He said, like it's interesting how processes work because like you just see this camp, like you see a campus, like or anything, you just go start small, like nobody's here mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you see it grow a little bigger and bigger with everybody coming back and like people that say that they weren't gonna, they weren't going to come back and they actually do come back yeah, and it's right. like it's like an interesting experiment yeah. and like it would and like i saw it personally like the day that i moved in too like just like helping people like mm-hmm. hey what's your name oh do you need help ma'am like just little things like that because like you might not ever talk to them like in a group setting all the time but like they know who you are right and they're like well he i know he's not a bad person whatsoever mm-hmm. he was able to help and that's what i think is good because like i'm not trying to go spiritual or anything like that with you of course uh no nah, <laughs> i mean like no like super spiritual like because like start, start talking about like child pornography oh no 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 you can talk about spirituality that's okay like uh, just so, like, uh, Christianity, like, I experienced it, like, I still have, uh, like, I experienced it the first time in school. Uh-huh. And, like, I actually said that I was going to give myself Christ. I did that. I still believe, like, I have. But, like, when I got kind of older, like, the back half uh-huh. of school, I just saw some stuff that were just, like, within Christianity itself. Yeah. That made me go, like, yeah, I can't be a part of this. Yeah. But, like, I said, well, you're going against Christ and all that. And I said, well, I personally don't feel that way because I said I believe in Christ and not Christianity. And there's mm-hmm. a there's a huge difference in that. Like, Did which you ever I see feel- that uh, spoken word, like, uh, why... I love. I hate religion, but I love Jesus or something. Oh no! But just, yeah. just, just that I, I can see why though. Yeah, there was like this dude who, like, I don't know his name. He did a couple other videos like that. He just, it was like viral. Like, it got a lot of. Yeah, like I said, like I, I said, I love Christ. I really have, and like I feel like he was a good person, and that's what I'm trying to do. And like, yeah. just seeing like all the role models, like, cause like I personally don't know my dad. Like you mm-hmm. said, like you were growing up about women, yeah. but so I, but I have like my sister's dad. Mm-hmm. And my granddad, right. so like I have an idea. I have an idea of what a father should be. So yeah. like if mm-hmm. whenever I have kids myself, and I have a lot of women, like you said, a lot yeah, of women, a lot, help, of, that, a lot yeah, of that help yeah. me raising. Like you said, it wouldn't be anywhere without them too. So like, it was just kind of like I will admit, like some of the most depressing things were ever was like it happened to me twice, and I thought it was weird. And my aunt had to explain to me like my junior year of high school. My, my real grandmother, my grandmother, she passed away. Mm-hmm. She passed away. And then I graduated the next year. I come home for the summer of the year in between where I was supposed to graduate. Mm-hmm. My granddad passed away. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I said, like, I don't understand it. Like, is it my fault? Like, did I, like, I personally felt like, did I do something wrong really? to God or something that, yeah. to cause them to pass? Because they never got... Cause like my granddad got to see me graduate high school, but he didn't get to see me graduate college, and it was kind yeah. of like a a weird thing. Like, why is it happening? Yeah. And my aunt sat me down. And she said, "It's not nothing bad. It's just a way of them saying 
where God's showing you that you didn't need them during that moment yeah. to graduate. That's true. That's deep. And I was like, dang, like, yeah, super deep. <laughs> like, yeah. you're like, you're like, cause you don't ever think of that. Like, yeah, you know, man. You're you like, know. don't think of like, cause like my granddad said, like, just think of it this way. But like, when you saw that, like, think of a college or high school, like, one door closing mm-hmm. and another door opening. Yeah. And like, that's why I went to, like, I'm just processing it afterwards. Like, cause honestly, like, you said it's the life prepare you for the real world or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I still feel like this real world leads to another door within the world itself as in like like once you die you go to like no like still here like oh so like the real world leads you to like something you want to do or something oh yeah like like the post-grad life is gonna prep you for like your whenever you're in your prime yeah or yeah. maybe a little bit later. Because no, we're like, totally, yeah, because yeah. we're 25, 26. And like you yeah, said, like, man. we're going to look back on podcasts or dancing or whatever we're doing and go like, well, dang, we're still doing this. Yeah, like, hey, like hey. you got any other questions for me? Man, not on top of my dome, dude. Like, we've been like just chatting, dude. <laughs> like, seriously, like, that's yeah. what podcasting is, though. Like, yeah, that's the, way, that's the way to do it, man. <laughs> just recording what the fuck we're talking about. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, some people are like, oh. Because, like, honestly, like, we had notes at first. Uh-huh. Like start off with notes, and I was like, I would start asking questions that weren't on the notes. Do you watch Tim Ferriss? Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. No. Dude, Tim Ferriss. Man, you got to check him out, dude. He has a fantastic <laughs> podcast. Well, so what, like, what? What books would you recommend, or let's start with music? Sh- well, okay, books, man. Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week, and Tim Ferriss's book, Tools of Titans: The Habits, Routines, Mentalities of Billionaires, Icons, and World Class Leaders, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, those are two books that I recommend. Man, there's so many. Books. Actually, I've, I've just thing... I, I just read a book that you could probably tell me more. It said this. You probably could give me more insight on it. It's it said like it was just a headline over the topic. It said millennials care about their jobs until they find something else. Do you think that's true? Like um... like their whole like they're interested. Like if you were to uh, keep them within their job setting. Mm-hmm. They will enjoy it so much, but when it starts to wear down or something, they tend to like go off the rails and want to find something else to do. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's true? Or oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure people do that. I'm, I'm sure some people don't, though. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, there's people in situations that if they like they're in a situation where they have to have their job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they're paralyzed by their fear to change it, or they might not. It might not be practical for them to change it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like. At that moment, like, they might have kids, you know what I'm saying, and bills, and, like, yeah, I could quit my job and, like, struggle, but then my kids have to, like, struggle real hard, too. You know? Well, so I'm sorry, I was talking about like, our age group, I guess. Yeah, 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 well, there's people our age group, kids. Yeah, there's <laughs> but, a lot. Yeah, but, um, but, um, I could believe that, man. The millennials are definitely a different generation. I think we get too much shit. But, um, yeah, I mean, but, like, I think my uncle said this. It's like, everything's a relationship. Yeah, it's man, like, yeah. No. I don't think, yeah, I mean, that's probably true, man. Like, especially nowadays, there's so many different opportunities, and millennials are starting to, like, realize that, like, there's different ways to make money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like for example, like, I didn't know that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Really? Yes. So, that's interesting to me, because I'm only taught, growing up, I've only taught one stream of income, and it's a job. And either your job pays you a lot of money, or it doesn't. Or you might get, like, two little jobs, you know. But eventually, you get, you can only get a certain amount of jobs. You're going to run out of your 24 hours. And you got to sleep and you got to do other shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, the average millionaire makes seven streams of income. I didn't know that. And there's, like, different different types of streams of income. You know, there's, like, linear, which is hour, 
for X amount of dollars, which is what most of us do, like eight eight twenty five for your hour. You know, then there's leverage. So how can you leverage other people's time to make money for yourself? A lot of bosses are like that, like CEOs. You know, they're leveraging their workers' time to get the company money, and they're getting some of that money. The workers are getting some of it, all that kind of stuff. Then there's passive. So passive is like a book. Like you write a book, like you're not making any money for it off off the top. You know what I'm saying? You write a book, then you publish it, and then each month you get this residual check from however many books you sell. Or movies, that's another one too. You know, like you make the movie, then you get paid after that in some cases. Uh, there's other passive streams of income, like online courses. You know, you create the course, put it out there. It has a system itself that operates. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't even have to, you can tweak the system, but you're not like in the system and it just works. And then there's investments, stocks, bonds, like that kind of stuff. That's another stream of income, which we're kind of taught about in school. But those other ones, like we weren't taught about it at all. You know what I'm saying? No, so no, it's no. like, so it's like now, like, and I think millennials, because there's, you can get the information now. You know what I'm saying? Back, you know, 50 years ago, it's either your school taught you the information or you hope to God your library had it. And you may not even know, that you're, you're not, may have not even known to look for it. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays, like the information's put in your face by a lot of people. Or now you can just find the information on YouTube or, you know, a website or something like that. And you can find the book on Amazon and order the book or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you can make actually make money just being the audio or listener or reader. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. There's so many ways to make money, man. So, you know, like you're saying, like, the job. Like, some millennials have realized that you can make passive streams of income. Some millennials are like, okay, I'm going to have a job, but then how can I create another stream of income and manage that stream of income? Mm-hmm. How, Like, going back, how can I create seven streams of income, and how can I manage those seven streams of income? Mm-hmm. Those are questions that I ask myself all the time. But, like, and a lot of people are starting to figure that out now. So, like, that's probably why a lot of people are starting to, like, leave their jobs. Mm, you know, because it's like, oh, this isn't the only way that I can make money. This isn't the only way that I have to make money. And nowadays, you can make money doing shit that you really like. Like this, you know, like you can be like a a vegan green tea like expert. You know what I'm saying? And like make some decent money doing that. Or just like a video game player. Yeah, or tester, yeah, like, just yeah, like exactly. Test. Yeah, like you should just like, oh no, like because you're not into the video game world as much anymore, but like. I know you know Madden and 2K and things like that. Like I mean, I games. know of them, dude. I haven't you played know, Madden. I used to play, like, whenever, like, the last games that I would play were, um... Or, like, I'm just talking about, like, you um, know those games. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, you know Call, Call of Duty yeah, or... Call of Duty, that's what I Or, I or Zelda. Well, not even Zelda, I guess, because I don't think... But, like, Seth Fulverson, who's actually trying to become a game creator, game designer, uh-huh. like, here in Owensboro, like, have her fir- first stuff here can't say <laughs> just can't no, say you huh? yeah, just fine. can't say but uh for him to, he like he told me stuff like about how like the people that have to make that mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of horror stories about that like people like lose their jobs and stuff just yeah, like dude. just to be able to like do that like just create the next madden game that's gonna be coming out mm-hmm. later on this year like they don't get a holiday off and like right and that's just terrible but like they enjoy it but, like, some of the stuff, like, when, like, people, like, like, some games take breaks. Uh-huh. Like, how authors or, like, dancers or artists take breaks. Like, we go on hiatus for a while. We just go on hiatus just to take a breath away so we can come back fresh for you guys. Like, mm-hmm. that's, how, that's how we feel about everything that we do. And to do that, like, games like Zelda, the, na- the latest Zelda, took five years for them to make this Zelda. So they yeah. go on vacation afterwards. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right. like, 
And, like, we don't want to get to the point, like, where you hate it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, like, you dance and you love it, but I'm pretty sure you get to the point where you don't want to hate it whatsoever. Well, yeah, man, but at the same time, there's days that I don't want to do it. Yeah, it's, you know I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure you're Which doing... Which gets into, you know, like, I'm, uh, I'm 100% sure that I'm going to dance every single day now, like, no matter what. Because they say it takes... Some people say it takes 21 days to make a habit. Some people say it takes 67 days to make a habit. You know, to really, like, ingrain that habit. So, and once it becomes a habit, you don't even have to think about it. Like, make, you know and, I mean? isn't that yeah. also for make and break? Like, uh, I don't know about break. I don't know how long it takes to break a habit. But mm. let's say something like that, probably. Yeah, so, like, I've danced for 160 days. So, I, once day 66 came by, I knew I was golden. And it's just creating that habit. Once you've mm-hmm. created a habit, then it's, like, subconscious. You don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, there's some days that, there's been, like, weeks where I didn't want to dance. You know, Weeks. Because I was, like, tired or something like that, you know. Um, or just, like, stressed out or whatever, you know, um, doing too much. But, like, it just became a habit, so, like, there's just no, there's, like, I have no question if I'm going to dance. Like, I already danced today. You know? Yeah. So, I was, like, um, like, a gamer, you know, if it's a, or any artist, like, there's going to be days that you don't want to do it. Yeah, like, there's just days, like, where, like, I'm, I love reading, and, like, just those days are, like, sometimes, like, I don't feel like reading, like, but also when I pick it up and, like, Okay, let's go. Right, <laughs> like, right, yeah. Like I, like I made this my life. I've known it for most of my life. Let's see what happens. And like, what's like? It's called a word of influence, of course. Mm-hmm. And like, everyone's like, that sounds spiritual. Somebody told me about that book. There's a book called it. Oh, did you say there's a book? No. Some. <laughs> I know it's a book. I feel like there's a book called like Word of Influence. Like, somebody word? was telling me about the, a book somewhere. I didn't know there was a book, honestly, like, it came off the I top. mean, there might not be a book, but <laughs> I, think, I mean, I th- that, that phrase sounds really familiar, and I thought somebody was telling me Well, I said, like, that's just, like, something I came up with off the top of my head. Uh-huh. Like, really, like, it was actually going to be called The World Ends With You. Like, oh. like The World Ends With You, like, just the idea, but that's based off a video game, like, where you you died, and you had, like, a certain amount of time to mm-hmm. bring yourself back alive, and you had a partner. Mm-hmm. I've never played that game, but I have it. Mm-hmm. It's unsealed. I've had that game for like three yeah. years, unsealed. And I was like, <laughs> and that's the that's my latest play call. It was called The World Ends With You. I was like, yeah. well, I was going to make this play. And then after I publish it and show it to everybody, I'm going to uh, make the podcast called The World The World Ends With You. Uh-huh. And then it just kind of tinkered in my head. Like, I don't like that name. Yeah. Because like, I kept on saying it. Like, the world ends with you podcast. Welcome to the world ends with you podcast. And I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. And then, like, I run it by friends. I always run myself by friends to see what they thought. <laughs> and I said, I, just, I said, how about a word of influence? Not word of influence, a word of influence. And like, I'm looking that's, that up right now to see if that's a book. Because, like, if it's a book, then shout out to whoever made it. Cause, right. Because like, I had no idea whatsoever. But just the idea of, like, a word of influence, it sounds cool. And then one of my friends called it, with these moments, what we've been having since we started this podcast, mm-hmm. you haven't realized it, it's called, we call it an A-boy moment. An, an a- A-boy? Yeah. What's that mean? An A-boy moment? It's like a word of influence moment. How deep we can go into a conversation. And not realize that we've been going for over an hour and forty five minutes. 
Like just, but like, or like that, or just things like that that makes you enjoy stuff in the world. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so your take on things and like how we can like get to the root of this conversation. Because like, honestly, when I hit college, mm-hmm. uh, it felt like I was debating all the time. Like, just like my friend Dave says, like we were debating before even podcasting. It's not a book. <laughs> yeah, we were debating before. Yeah, yeah we were, I feel that. Like, so we were just debating before we were podcasting, and now that we're podcasting, it's just this whole different spill now. And, like, I feel like you're doing great things, bro. Like, I really do. Like, we see you post all the time, like, 365. Yeah, so, I mean, Like, once you hit 365, what's next? Uh, yeah, have you thought of it yet? Or? I mean, I'll still be dancing every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a habit, dude. You know what I mean? Like, um... I mean, the 365 isn't, like, the end goal, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, like, something to say I did it. And, like, attach a why to it. I want to find a way to, like, raise money for, like, an organization that Mm -hmm. deals with mental illness and, like, use those videos to do it. I haven't found a way to do it yet. Um, I'm pretty sure you're researching it, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm trying to figure out how, like, maybe get people to sponsor the dances, and then that sponsorship money goes. So, for you sponsor the video... In exchange for, like, I'll give you, like, like free marketing, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, this person sponsored this dance, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then use that sponsorship money to donate to, um... Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. So... Some, I, gotta, I gotta use the Oh, yeah, you're fine, bro. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that whatsoever. It's, um... We can wrap this up if you want to. No, you're so. good. Dude. <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> what? There's a yeah, it bothers me. Okay. <laughs> okay <no>. uh, <laughs> you're fine. No, actually, I'll go ahead and tell it. Like, I personally don't smoke uh-huh. marijuana, but, like, I don't have a problem. Oh, with... so we can talk about it on here? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, then, dude. Like, yeah, he said, okay. like, I don't have a problem with marijuana whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, I had friends that did it, but I'd never done it. Like, yeah. But, like, when people say, like, well, shit's stupid, I'm like, whoa, what's stupid? Like, I think I saw something, like, where... Marijuana causes problems and like driving and shit. I'm like, and like it's actually the Joe Rogan experience. I don't yeah. know if you saw that with him and Stephen Crowder. Yeah, yeah, that shit was crazy funny. Was that their like little debate? Is that the dude who got in like the big? Debate? Yeah, yeah, that shit was awesome though. Yeah, man, dude, I feel you though, man. Like, listen, like I was an anti-marijuana, anti-drinking, like hardcore, like fanatic. Like mm-hmm. I was hating on all my friends who did it, like. I was like, I have like, I have like statuses on Facebook from like four years ago where I was mm-hmm. like just shitting on everybody. And then I smoked weed for the first time and I realized, holy crap, yeah. this was the biggest scam. This just say <laughs> no like to weed. That's the biggest scam like ever. <laughs> like it's like, it's not, it's nothing like what people think it is. Like it, it, for a person, it, it's hard to articulate like your experience. Like I don't know how to really articulate the experience of smoking weed. Um, until you do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you won't really get it, but, like, it's not nearly, I mean, some people can be, like, if you're, if you're lazy, you're gonna be lazy anyway. Like, like, I, like, I smoke, mm-hmm. I don't smoke a lot, I don't smoke oh. a lot, but I smoke, like, consistent, not, probably, like, once a day, depending, sometimes I'll take a couple of days off, but I don't smoke a lot, like, I'll take, like, a hit or two. But I get so much shit done. I get so much more shit done than, like, a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are on Adderall sometimes. Like, when you're writing, like, when we had to write papers, like, yeah. I, would, I would drink I would drink a beer. 
I just drink a beer while I'm like, oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I got to, got to get this done. So you don't oh. drink beer, but you don't smoke weed. Yeah. It's so weird. like, what is it about weed that you don't like? I personally just don't want to do it. Like why though? Why? Because I'll be honest. Because like I don't have a strong relationship with my mom, uh-huh. my, my real mom, and I feel like I'd be too much like her if I did it. I don't know it's the wrong way to approach it, uh-huh. but like I just feel like I'm trying to be less like her, like and overall as a person. So you think it was like the weed that caused your mom to like be like what you? Yeah, like uh, it's part of the reason. I'm not gonna uh-huh. go too deep, deep. Yeah. In that, like, cause like I'm not trying to make her a poor bad person. Yeah. yeah I she like she said she wanted to uh, experience herself herself somewhere, mm-hmm. so she moved to California. Yeah. So. She did that, but she said she'd come back for her. She never did. And now she's trying to re-enter our life at the time. And we're like, at that age of like, well, I don't really need you anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, she still tries. Yeah. Kind of level. So, I just feel like I don't want to be We're in like, California, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I personally don't no. know. I'm just saying, we're in, we're in uh, California talking about weed. <laughs> I only smoke it in California. <laughs> Just I'm pretty sure no one cares. <laughs> I don't like. I don't partake. Like yeah, I said, you never know. You never know. No, I feel that, man. But I just I always like to tell people who are like like feel bad about it, like because I was like I was on the east. I I I am on the side of marijuana yeah. for everything. Mm-hmm. So honestly, like I will support it 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. percent Like I just don't want to do it myself. Yeah, I mean, you don't. Man. It's funny. It's like if you ever like do decide, if you ever like, hey, like, do I not want to do it because like it's bad or just because some people are like mess like use it? Like I think I think if you're smoking like once a day, like that's bad. Like I think well, that's yeah. really bad. Well, like I think what's funny is that no, the problem with this is this. Honestly, if I were to smoke with you, before I would smoke with my roommate, uh-huh. there would be a whole counter argument because uh, he's like I've been trying for fucking five years yeah, for you to get to smoke and you want to be pissed so no <laughs> I did like actually the only I guess nicotine or hookah is anything I've done was hookah yeah and that's actually pretty cool yeah hookah's cool man I like no, it I don't know if I've, I think I, I don't know if I've, I smoked it like once or twice yeah like it's cool like I said like this is actually cool they said yeah no you gotta smoke I was like yeah. it was funny yeah. like you said like I had no problem whatsoever with it and like like I said, like, it's becoming more legal in every state. And, like, I feel like Kentucky should be next. Dude, <laughs> you never know with that, dude. Know, bro. Like I said, like, not, let's not go into politics because, like. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother beast in itself. I just know this, though. I've been bad. I might get some right for it. The WWE needs to make it all great again. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I've been saying it for like the last two months. I'm like, make Raw great again. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even taking a bash at Donald Trump. I'm not bashing <laughs> you whatsoever. I'm just talking about like, I don't know if you watch wrestling, of course, but like, uh-uh. well, you but know, they were. Of it. But yeah, they were just in Evansville Monday. I don't know if you knew that or not. Mm-hmm. I saw the bus. There was like a bus with the sign of a bunch of big ass faces on it. Yeah, my problem with that was like, I don't know if they ever said live from Evansville. Mm-hmm. Like, live from Evansville, because they say where they're live from every week. My problem is, is, like, when you watch that and then you watch SmackDown, which is, like, the other half, mm-hmm. you get, like, Raw is, like, everybody talks. That's all they do is talk. Yeah. And then with SmackDown, it's, like, nothing but wrestling, straight wrestling. 
And that's why I prefer the blue brand to wrestling more. So I'm always like, make Raw great again, guys. Make Raw yeah. great again. Like, <laughs> like we just like, my friend, one of my good friends, Chris Goodman, goes like, well, SmackDown didn't want to be great again because of that. And, like, I'm not bashing Mr. Trump, President Trump whatsoever. Like, I think I've become more of a centralist, more. I feel that. Dude, <laughs> I'm in a situation where I don't know anything about anything really you know like yeah. that kind of stuff like I don't know what the heck goes on behind those doors like I don't know what it really takes to like get a hold like my per- my personal opinion and everybody can have their opinion and I'm not saying I agree with the stuff that he does I def- I didn't vote for him I will say that yeah but oh you like, understand if you can't get if you like if you can't get 10,000 people to join your side on something then what the hell makes you think you know what it takes to get a whole entire nation to take some kind of action yeah, like I said, like you know I mean? I'm like, just so I'm so far out of the loop. Like my mindset yeah, is that my whole mindset is uh, sports and uh, video games now. So it's like politics yeah. are like I yeah. know they exist, mm-hmm. but I don't. I can't make like I thought I was gonna be a president or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like because I was an SGA student government association yeah, things like that. Right. I was like, well, maybe I could do it or something, but. When you get to the, like the real politics, you're like, that's a little too much. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot. Like, I went to school for I got a degree in theater performance with an associated study in law and political science. Mm-hmm. And in those politics classes and those law classes, I realized I didn't want to do law and I didn't want to do political. Science. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, that, so, that, yeah. that shit's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna grab you. Like, I'm getting hungry. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. What you gonna eat? I think my mom has some fish made right now. Hey, okay. <laughs> so, uh, anything, where can we find you at? Man, you can add me on Facebook, uh, under the Earthling Gangsta. If I don't know you, I might not add you on my personal page under Stephen Clark. Sorry. Um, but yeah, man, just check out my YouTube channel. Just subscribe if you like it. Um, if you're just like, we drop strategy videos, motivation videos. You know, I do my creative stuff on the side too, and that channel and everything daily. I'm going to get back to the Daily Dance videos. I'm taking a little break from them. Um, but, yeah, man. So, just YouTube, The Earthling Gangsta. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is a Word of Influence, episode 15. This is a different one, guys. Because, like, Stefan is an artist. So, he's not going to know a lot of games. So, we had, yeah. to go, we had to go a different route. Like, no notes whatsoever. We're just talking about life in general, pretty right, much. Exactly, like, in exactly. general, he's a good guy. And, like... He's really inspirational and motivational. If you haven't heard throughout the last, I'm going to say, two hours of the hey, podcast. Like, yeah, that's dope, man. <laughs> like, that flew much, 30 minutes, dude. Like, it only it feels that way. Like, like, for me, it was just like, I think I did like uh, Harry Potter. Like, we just did nothing but talk about Harry Potter. And like, mm-hmm. and what it was is like, huh? Like, I said like, how long have we been talking? And Seth looked at me and said, two hours. I'm like, dang, dang just about Harry Potter. Yeah, hey, just, there you go. And like, so this is episode 15, and like next week we will be doing our One Piece podcast, if you haven't heard of the anime. That will definitely be some drinks. I wouldn't be surprised if marijuana is being passed around the table, <laughs> because uh, that podcast is going to be like three plus hours long. I can like... Like, I told him, like, we need drinks for this shit. Like, yeah. like there's no doubt yeah. about it. But this is episode 15, and like I said, you can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any podcast directory whatsoever. It will be up on YouTube for uh, guys, for you guys, too, just for personal reasons. And you can catch me on Twitter under Agent Platypus 23 
Finish the bird reference. And this is a word of influence. And we'll catch you next week, guys. Peace.